Okay, there's a bit of noise here, but uh, hopefully you guys can hear me better. Uh, we're now after Shabbat Para, getting ready for Shabbat HaChodesh. And Rav Nosen extensively speaks about this time all the way up to Shavuot, from Purim all the way up to Shavuot, based on the lesson 24. He says amazing things because it's very, it's very profound. It's very penetrating what he writes and also what Rabbeinu writes, Rabbi Nachman writes in Lesson 24. To give just a quick summary, Rabbeinu says like this in Lesson 24, that a Jew has to do the mitzvot with joy. It's not enough to do mitzvot, but a Jew has to do the mitzvot with joy in order to free the mitzvah that's trapped in the evil, in the klipa, in the tumah. Okay? Your mitzvah will stay down if it's not done with joy. So now you might say, so how about 20 years of davening in Atzvut? <laughs> what happens with all that? The power of the good is always the upper hand. When a person, after 20 years of davening, sad, Tisha B'Av, he davens B'Simcha, that one time he davens B'Simcha elevates all the 20 years that were dead. Okay? That means there's always hope. But you have to be patient and to keep on going. Most people, when they go through this, they say, the age of this, I don't need this. I don't need any of this. Goodbye. It's not for me, Davini. Not for me, Tfilin. Not for me, Chas Shalom, Yiddishkeit. The sole secret of Yiddishkeit is a lot of patience. A lot of patience. When we say a lot, we mean a lot. Okay? Hashem will test you to your capacity of how much you can wait in life. You sometimes say, Hashem, if I wait any longer, there'll be nothing left. So if you don't save me now, Hashem, what are, you waiting, what are you waiting for? We have to argue like that in the meantime. But in the end, Hashem wants a lot of patience because that's what builds a person up. What makes a Jew a Jew is that he was patient and he kept on going. Rabbeinu himself said, even though he went on very fast levels, he passed away at age 38, but he said his secret to success was that he kept on going. He kept on going. If you look at Shif Haran, he, I say, breast of they drink seven up. Seven up. Sheva Yipor Tzadik. Vakam. Seven up. He, the, the Tzadik falls seven times and goes up. And also in Yiddish, Untakefart Op. What Rav Nosen writes in the letters in Alim Chufa. Hope in Yiddish is what? It's a simcha. Dancing, happiness, right? Seven hope. You have to be happy. So Benu said in Shiv Haran, if you look at his struggles, that he kept on going and he had bombardment of attacks in Tava Tachila and Niuf Rabbeinu says everything about himself that what he went through okay so a lot of patience is needed and a person has to keep on going until those good times come by when the good times come by it's an opportunity to pick up all the dead days all the dead Avodat Hashem all the dead mitzvot and to bring them up as Hashem okay so because of that Rabbeinu says there's a thing of doing mitzvot besimcha. it's not enough to do the mitzvah but if you really want your mitzvah to get somewhere, to, to connect, because that's the whole taich of mitzvah. Mitzvah means to connect. So the thing is, you have to do it besimcha. The simcha propels the mitzvah out of the klipot, brings it upwards. When the mitzvah comes out, then has an energy force to wake up the entire creation. You have to see when you do a mitzvah that I'm not doing it for myself anymore. Until now, when my mitzvah was stuck in the earth, it was my personal struggle to try to do the mitzvah b'simcha to connect me. Once I succeed in bringing out the mitzvah, which is also the shechina, the divine presence, so now it becomes klali, it's more for all I'm Yisrael. And when I'm doing mitzvot, I'm no longer doing them for me. I'm doing also for the whole world now, to get everyone to wake up. 
Because a mitzvah is like shaking the bottom of a rope, gets the whole rope to wake up, okay? So that's the next stage, is that the mitzvah wakes up everything in creation. Once there is a wake up, a hitorah root, that is now the key to receiving bracha. Now, with your mitzvah, you can now bring down bracha. Rabbeinu says, the person who's smart won't now just aim for a comfortable home, nice wealth, and a nice mishpacha, and everyone's nicely dressed, and all the same clothing, and the nice shiny shoes, and the shiny teeth, and everyone has the nice pom-poms on, and you know, everything's in the shtrimal's nice and clean, and everything, and everything's spick and span, okay? If you're smart, you're not going to dive in just for that. You're going to aim high, Rabbeinu says. If you're smart, aim for sechel, intellect. The sechel of perceiving God, because that's the ultimate bracha. And anyways, bichlal mataim mane, the rule in the Gemara. In 200, you have 100. If you ask for 200, you have also 100 included. Meaning that if you aim for the ruchniut to help you do it, Hashem will give you also gashmiut. You don't have to exaggerate, but what you'll need to serve Hashem, you'll get. Bezat Hashem. What you'll need to be happy and serve Hashem with happiness, Bezat Hashem you'll get. Okay, so Rabbeinu says, well, if you have the opening for bracha coming down, be smart and aim for the sechel to, to perceive Hashem, because that's what Hashem ultimately wants. Ultimately, Hashem wants begin the ishtemodein there. Hashem wants to be made known in this world, okay? So if you're smart, you aim to perceive God. If they ask you a wish, what's your one wish? You smartly say, I want to come to perceive Hashem. Shifti bevet Hashem kol yemei chayai lachazot benoam Hashem what King David says, right? So that's the idea that I want to feel the closeness to Hashem. I want to have a perception of God. If you have that, if you ask for that, it includes all the other things also. Okay, however, Rabbeinu then says that... There's a There's a what? Of course. 24. We're working on my friend. He can get one of those contrasts and maybe give him this one. We'll get you another one next uh, next time. He has some more. It's in there, okay? It's Tila Kavdalet, okay? Um, however, if when you get the brach of the Sechel, you can't use it for Avodat Hashem. Because as you know, when it comes to Avodat Hashem, you have to rely on 100% Emuna, which means you push away the Sechel. So if that's the case, why do we need Sechel? If now you tell me, when it comes to practical application of Torah, it's only Emuna, so why build my Sechel? Okay? So we went into this, last, uh, the last classes, is the Sechel is to build up your, your platform, and at that platform you start with your Emuna. Yes. In other words, your perception of God is much higher now, so your standing is higher. And from this higher standpoint, you put on Tefillin, it's like the guy who's over here putting on Tefillin. You're both putting on the same Tefillin. But your tefillin is enhanced with emuna because where you're starting from is now enhanced due to the sechel that you have. So yes, Torah builds you up. But when it comes to serving Hashem, I don't use the sechel, no sechel on the side. Simple emuna. That's very tricky. Most people in the Torah world, that is their hardest challenge. That the whole day is developing the brain, developing the mind, the Gemara, the Shakla Vitaria, Aktosvot, Rosh, Rifran, Rishonim, Achronim, all Torah Shibal is just mind juggling and brain and brain and brain and brain. And then when it comes to Davening Mincha, the person's still in the brain, he can't Daven. Okay? Or Shacharit, it's like, what I'm going to do, I'm going to finish this page, Masechta, I'm going to finish my Daf today, Daf Yomi. The person's always after intellect, intellect, intellect at the time of Davening. It's hard. How do you put it aside? Ah, that's why you need to ask for emuna, And you have to have a solid foundation of emuna before anything else. In other words, when you start off a child to learn Torah, or when anyone starts to learn Torah, 
if you start them off with intellectual things, which unfortunately is a big, big problem in the Baal Tshuva Yeshivas. The Baal Tshuva Yeshivas, they throw them straight to Gemara. They, know, they don't know how to tie their shoes according to Halacha. They don't know any basics. They throw them into Gemara. What in the world is this? What is, what is this? Start basics. Chumash, Tanakh, Mishnah, and then Gemara. And in the Gemara, to throw in Midrash, to throw in Ein Yaakov, to throw in Zohar. These Limudin make sure that the person's emuna is always enhanced so that as much intellect you put into him, it doesn't touch his emuna. Rabbeinu's example of this is in the story of the Chacham Vitam, right? This is the wise man and the simpleton, that the king was so impressed that as, as wise and, and intellectual as the Tam, the Tam was, he learned languages, he learned all types of Chochmot, but his Tmimut wasn't budged. And the king loved him so much because of that. Because he sees the guy so honest and sincere, he knows everything. But it doesn't make him what's called Arum, sharp and cunning. It didn't change because of that. In other words, the Torah is just a part of him, of a person, but his emunah and timimud is unbudged. He can have the whole shas and poskim in his pockets, but how he conducts himself is like a simple Jew. They had an example of that in, in, um, in, uh, in Poland before the war. There was a breast of her, he was a Dayan. He was the Dayan of Sokolov, Rav Mordechai Halberstadt, his name was. Okay, he was a breast liver. He was a Dayan. People were afraid of him. He once said to Rav Benzion Apter, when the border was closed between Poland and Russia, and they were killing themselves to try to get special permits to get to Uman Rosh Hashanah in the 1920s and the 1930s. He was a killer, okay? So he once told Benzion Apter, if I really wanted to, I can say a holy name. And I, it's, a, it's a name what's called is uh, There's a holy name that you say that you become invisible. You can see, but you're not seen. And he said, what? Can you say that again? He said, yes, I know a holy name, which is in the name of Rav Eibish Mi Frankfurter, some tzaddik, a mikubal, from who knows how long ago, that if we have this special name, you can become invisible. And if I wanted to, I can do that to get to Uman. But that's not what the Rebbe wants. The Rebbe wanted us to go like everybody else on the wagons, on the airplane, on the bumpy ride, and to enter. There's a a shochet. A shochet asked the Rebbe, if you'll allow me, I can do a holy name and and come to to do Kvitzat Aderch to be by you. Rebbe says, no, you have to come to be by like everybody else in the wagon, and the horses, and the schlep. Yeah, he said the reason why he wanted Parnassah, Rebbe says, you have to come like everybody else. That's how it works to come to it. <laughs> so Rabbi Mordechai Halberstadt, he was a gaon. He was a gaon, okay? Before that, he was a radziner. He was a Talmud of the, of the Balat Chelet, okay, and his son. He knew them, okay? And he was highly respected by everybody, okay? And he was a gaon. So he had a big head, a big dayan. And they said about him that he would dance with the breast lovers, the simple breast lovers. He would jump and dance and everything would be... <laughs> Fun and dandy, okay? In other words, his emuna and timimut was untouched by his sechel. That's what Benu says in this lesson, that a person as much as just striving for sechel and intellect and intellect and to learn Torah, but your emuna is untouched. <laughs> How are you in your lighting the candles for Shabbos, kiddush, motzi, davening, where are you? Are you still intellectual or, or, or bezat Hashem? Do you, are you in it in a, in a very emuna way? Okay. <laughs> All right? So now, once now you have a balance of sechel and emunah, you're ready now.
to be fit to perceive the infinite light, the or in sof. And what happens? Because now you have a balance of sechel and emuna, so now when they bounce you back, because that's the only way to receive the infinite light, it's called mate vela mate. Is oh. that you're tapping in, but they push you out. And only in and out, like you touch for an instant and then they kick you out, that's the way you can perceive the infinite light. Because if, if it was just to go advance and advance and advance, and then you open to the infinite light, you would disappear. You would disintegrate. Mate means to ta- reaching. Vela mate and not reaching. Reaching and not reaching. It's brought down many times in the Zohar, this Lashon. Mate, vela mate. Reaching and not reaching. This is how Judaism works. Judaism works. It's not like you up, 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 and then you make it. It's up, 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 back down. It's, it's reach, experiencing, and then out of it again, and then you experience it. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. But this is the way Judaism works. This is the way the Torah works, is that you go all the way up, and then you're pushed back, and the way you accept it determines how you receive the light. With all this said, so if nothing so shows that this is the whole process. Well, summer, I'll give a quick, quick summary. We started off with Shabbat Shkalim. Shabbat Shkalim, we said, wakes up the simcha generated by the money of the shkalim that went towards the korbanot and the ktoret. Ktoret, Rabbeinu says, is equal to doing mitzvot besimcha. When a Jew does simchot, mitzvot besimcha, it's exact same power as the ktoret, which is what? To elevate the holy sparks trapped in the kippot, in the evil side. When you do a mitzvah with joy, you take the mitzvah which is down in the earth, in the sadness, and you bring it up. You bring it from the galut, out into exile, okay? Ktoret does the exact same thing. So now, since Ktoret brings Simcha, that's what the Pasuk said, Ktoret Yisamach Lev, so Shkalim, when we hear the Parsha of Shabbat Shkalim, just hearing the Parsha of Shabbat Shkalim activates already in potential this Simcha that you have, that you can use to do the mitzvot now Simcha. Once that's activated, now we're ready to face the next Shabbat Zachor, which is to, now to remember that it's Amalek, who's the problem and not you. And what is Amalek? Amalek is one who's always trying to keep you to be sad. Amalek is the one who is an atheist, he's a kofer and a choker. He's a skeptic, an atheist, meaning he tries to always rationalize your Judaism, your life. He makes that, you get, you get too carried away in life. What's life? Wake up in the morning, taking the kids to school, washing the hand, and then they're going shopping on the bus, and you get too carried away in the gashmiut alamazeh, and you disconnect with Hashem. And even if you're trying to connect it, it's only like superficial. You're not in, your, your heart is not in and your head is not there. You have your pais and your kippah and your kapuruch and all the external Yiddishkeit that you have. And inside, you're thinking about the stock market or this or that pretty lady that was on the bus. You know, your head is not there. And this causes atzvut. This is Amalek. Shabbat Zachor brings it out. Zachor, Asher Amalek, and Rav Nosson says already, Nechiat Amalek begins on Shabbat Zachor. So that means that I begin to see, he's the one causing me the sadness in my life. Always Teva, Teva, everything works by Teva. You're never going to have Shalom Bayad, you're never going to have Keynes, you're never going to have this, you're never going to get married, you're never going to make it in life, you're never going to lose weight, you're never going to get off smoking, you're never Teva, 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 and sadness and everything. And all the Misad also, you're doing... Because you have to do it out of whatever, it just it has no meaning to me, has no personal connection to me, has no, it's not going to move anything in my life, that's Amalek, that's Zachor. So Shabbat Zachor is to bring it out that it's not true. 
All that is his arguments, that's Shabbat Zachor. Once he's out, once you've like spit him out, that's what happens, why it's such a, it's a mitzvah aseh, doraita, of mechet amalek, and, and that's why it's, and the, the, the post can make a big deal, that you have to make sure you hear every single word, some people even stand up, and the people, timche et zecher amalek, timche et zecher, once in segol, once in seri, so you have to all the opinions on how every letter is recited, everything, and also nuschaot, if you're Sephardi, temani, this, you have to make sure you hear your nuschaot, whatever, there's all types of halachic things, okay? All this to make sure that Damalik comes out. It's chiv deraita, get him out, get him out of the system. Once he's out of the system, Purim comes, Purim now, we take intoxication, we take wine, lehodia, shekol kovecha, we now wipe out Amalek, and the simcha now, from due to Shabbat Shkalim, the, the potential simcha from Shabbat Shkalim comes out on Purim. That's why it's so big thing to make jokes and be happy and get drunk all the way to be happy on Purim Bezat Hashem. Okay, once this Simcha has been activated on Purim, so then we're ready to get ready to receive the infinite light which shines on the night of Pesach. First stage is Shabbat Para. Shabbat Para now, we said, is, remember we said last week, it's Metameh Tehorim, Metaeh Tmeim, which is, means that I do mitzvot now out of Amuna now. Now that I have the Simcha and I'm, I'm upwards now to receive the Bracha, I chose, choose as a Jew not to do mitzvah because I understand them. I do mitzvah because out of emuna, pure emuna. Why do I do the mitzvah? Oh, it makes sense. It, it's, it makes, it's rational to serve Hashem and all types of chasr shalom rationalizations. No, 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 no. I serve Hashem like paraduma is a chok chakakti. Hashem says about the paraduma, it's a law. Does it make sense? You're doing it because I told you to do it. And Rav, Rash, Rav Nosen brings down, that Paraduma comes to learn for all the 613 mitzvot, that even the ones that are given a reason in the Torah, why Waripurant Filin, to remember Zechid Mitzvahim, why Matzot, Zechid Yatzad Mitzvahim, why Sukkah, all the mitzvot, the Ritem Otoz Chartem, right, Tzitzit, everything, all those mitzvot, even if a reason is given, why do I do it? Because I believe. I'm a Jew and I believe. Period. What? Explain. No, no explanation. The going want to know. But why are you doing what you're doing? You know, the argument is what this is the lefties, the lefties. And why, why, what is the rationale by what you're doing? Me, I'm a Jew. It's, not, it's in my DNA. We have something in our blood. It's called emuna. You can't explain it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, but you know, we're human beings, we think, we argue, we try to justify. Sorry, I'm a Jew, everything is emuna. period. You have a problem with it? Who says you can stay? You want to go? You have the whole world. You have the whole world. Us, the Jewish people, only 0.2% of the entire population of the world. And even the 0.2%, not everybody believes in Hashem. Not everybody's there, okay? Even of the 0.2%, maybe another point something percent. I don't know how many percentage, okay? We're the minimum, minimum. leave us alone. You have the whole world. We, we want to work on and function based on emuna. No sechel, no, we learn Torah, yes. But like we said, why I do? My motor to keep me going in my Judaism is pure emuna. That's Shabbat para. With Shabbat para, we're ready for Shabbat Chodesh. What Shabbat Chodesh? And this week it's big time. It's Shabbat Chodesh. It's Rosh Chodesh. Okay, Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Come on. It's Rabbi Nachman's birthday, by the way. Also, okay. You have a big whammy. That means. We need a big kalim to receive the light of the Shabbat. What is the Shabbat? What is the idea of Shabbat HaChodesh? 
it's the, it's the mitzvah of sanctifying the new moon. What is the big noise? What's such a big noise and a big deal of sanctifying the new moon? What's the idea of sanctifying the Kiddush HaChodesh? And it starts with the first Chodesh, which is Nisan. Rosh Chodesh Hazeh, Rosh Chodeshim Lechodshe Hashana. Rosh Chodesh Nisan, the month of Nisan, is the first month of all, all the months of the year. What in the world is so big about sanctifying the moon? First of all, when does the sanctification take place? When the moon has become almost entirely pitch black. There's no more light on the moon. And then a spark begins to shine and there's witnesses to testify when the molad is. The molad means when it's born. It's actually becoming born. So in Mekadosh, we sanctify the moon. What's going on here? So Rav Nosen explains something amazing. He says the moon and the sun were both created originally the same size. The moon complained. You know, two kings can use the same crown. Hashem told the moon, okay, diminish yourself. What is going on here? What is going on here? So Vnosin says the light of the sun and the light of the moon, ideally initially shining the same light, was the goal of the infinite light. Okay? The infinite light before creation was just infinite light. But then after the creation, Hashem made it that infinite light is experienced in Matei Vela Matei, reaching and not reaching. So the sun represents the reaching, the advancing, 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 and you're about to perceive the infinite light. That's the light of the sun, which is always bright, shining. But the moon, sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small. That's the bounce back. The lamate, the not reaching, is represented by the diminishing of the moon, which Hashem did after creation, because that's the only way you can perceive the light of the infinite light, which represents the light of the sun and the moon together. We need both of them. Hashem didn't create the world of one light. He created the world of two lights that were big. What's going on? Ah, it can't work out like that. In order to taste the light, it has to be one big and one diminished. Okay? And to be able to accept both of them. The Levana didn't accept it. The moon couldn't accept it. So, yeah, it's called, it's called Kitno. That, yeah, that, no, that, that, that she was diminished. She couldn't accept that she was diminished. It's called Kitshuga Levana. What is the Kitshuga of the Levana, the, the, the prosecution of the, of the moon? That she said, because I said something which is right, I have to pay the price? That was Kitshug. The initial statement was also a type of Kitshug, you know, Hashem, two kings can't use the same crown. Two, two lights can't be the same f- to, to connect. That, that's why it didn't make sense. It's irrational. So she said, okay, that's why we have to diminish you. So now, Am Yisrael, every month, we do what's called Kiddush Levana. We celebrate today. It's called Rosh Chodesh. We do, we do the celebration of, of the first day of the month. We don't have any more the, the witnesses to testify for the Molad. So it's, 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 created, it's automated by Chazal. When is Rosh Chodesh until Mashiach comes? And they know the calculations. So the Ibor and everything, how to make Rosh, Rosh Chodesh, how to make a leap year also, an extra month. Okay? To equate the sun and the moon as much as possible. We, our, our worry is to equate. The, the Christians, they work based on just the sun. The, the Ishmael, the, the, the Islam is based on just the, the moon. We're the balance. We balance the sun and the moon. Even though it doesn't work out, we know how to do it. We don't add in an extra month to make them balanced. Why do we need that balance between the sun and the moon? So that we can perceive the infinite light which will shine on the night of Pesach. Everyone on the night of Pesach is given a matay. A big light. There's a big light that shines on everybody. That's why Pesach night, by everybody, even secular Jews, they know to get together. Even if they go to eat chametz. <laughs> even if they're going to eat chametz. But there's a... When someone's trying to get in here, I'm sorry, I didn't see this. You know, the, sign, the, 
even even if they're they're waiting to you know uh, they're eating chametz but they get together there's such a big light okay I have to make sure I see the screen when people are joining sorry for sorry the delay so this is Shabbat Hachodesh this Shabbat it's a big Shabbat so it's number one we read the parsha of Kiddush Hachodesh we talk which is the laws of sanctifying the moon and it goes into the month of Nisan everything okay. And, and, and also it's Rosh Chodesh itself and Shabbat. What is Shabbat? Shabbat is a time where everybody goes up. Everybody's elev- it's elevation. On Shabbat there's no going down. On Shabbat it's only up, only up, going upwards, okay? That's the power of Shabbat. So it is a big Shabbat, this Shabbat, okay? This is the idea of the moon and the sun balancing them and why we the Jewish people, when do we sanctify the moon? We, we, we sanctify it when it was just totally black and now it starts the light again. That's called Kiddush Hachodesh. Okay, we do every month Birkat. We bless the month or Kiddush Levana. Like yeah, because it's it, we, we, when for sure it started to grow from three. Some some started three days. Some started seven days. Okay, we have until the fifteenth, until the fourteenth of the month, whatever. Okay, we sanct it, and the month is waiting for us to sanctify us. I'm, I'm Israel, because it's our job to perceive the infinite light. We need the light of the moon. We don't sanctify the sun. The sun doesn't need us. The sun is there. We need to work on the bounce back, the lamate. That's why we sanctify the moon. Okay, this idea of Kiddush HaChodesh. Okay. That was a lot. That's just in perspective. All this Rav Nassim says based on this lesson. All right. Now, we're going to continue with where we left off. Dikuti Moran. Okay, we're in Sif Gimel. Thank you. We're in the middle of Sif Gimel. Okay, we started off last week. We, we, we left off last week with this amazing pasuk, which the Gemara interprets on Rabbi Akiva. So you see, in, in the middle of Sif Gimel, This is the idea. See, Torah, lesson uh, Torah Kavdal, right? Lesson 24, Sif Gimel, like Mamash halfway. This is the idea of. How does Rabbeinu explain it? He explains it like this. When the mitzvah, which is called the Torah of Elokav, the Torah of his Lord, is in his heart. In his heart means doing it b'simcha. Because belibo is referring to natata simcha belibi. The verse from, from Psalms, you have placed joy in my heart. Whereas Elibo, like he said in an earlier pasuk, Vaitatsev Elibo, and Hashem was saddened to his heart. When it's two, that sadness, Belibo is joy. Okay? So Torah Talokav, he calls the mitzvot, the law, the, the Torah of the Lord, because Elohim is normally the name of Din. Because when a person does mitzvot, it normally starts off in the earth, in the clipot. Where do we do mitzvot? We don't do mitzvot in heaven, we do mitzvot in this world. We do mitzvot within all the shmutz we're going through, all the balagan, all the confusions of this world. In this world, we're doing mitzvot. Remember again that famous picture in the Holocaust of the, the Nazi guard standing around, a, a Jew putting on tefillin, and they cut the, 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 the boxes of the tefillin to make it look like horns, and they're, they're all laughing at him, and he's doing the mitzvah. You know, he's doing the mitzvah, and you have other Jews who are lying on the ground. It's a famous picture of the, the camp of Shtetl in Ukraine or Poland, whatever. One of the survivors was lying on the floor. He, he, told, he told over what happened. And then no, nobody was killed there. It was a miracle. The Germans passed by, they made fun of the Jews, and they continued, they left. They didn't kill those guys. 
None of them were killed, all those, all those people in the picture. Okay? Yeah. yeah. There was the rabbi's son, they cut his tefillin to make it like a horn, and he was putting on his tefillin. That's how we put on tefillin. We're in the atzvut and the sadness and the confusion, and in this we're expected to do mitzvot. In other words, you, you wait. I can't dove in light like this. I need to wait. I need to dove in when I have a good mindset, when I feel good about it, when I feel good. And most people, they don't want to dove in because they don't feel good. I don't want to dove in today. I don't, put my t- I don't feel good. I don't feel good. I don't feel good. They wait for it to feel good, to feel a high, you know, after maybe smoking something. Now I can put on feeling, okay? <laughs> no way. No way. Okay, but it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, like... After but my toilet in the 3 in the afternoon, I... How many as it is, upside down, you don't feel it. That's what Hashem wants. Hashem wants that in the balagan, in the upside downness, topsy-turviness of the, your life, that's how you put on the tefillin. That's how you do the mitzvot. I'm going to wait for it to be perfect. It's never going to come by. First of all, the mitzvot that come with big light, they come always unexpectedly. They come. They come in life. But they come unexpectedly. They don't come... You know, of all my preparation. I've listened sometimes, he said, sometimes a person uh, works so hard to prepare to do a mitzvah, and then he ends up not doing it at all. He puts so much in the preparation, and it didn't work out, so he drops the mitzvah totally. <laughs> he drops it totally. He said, You have to do it as it comes to you. As you are, that's how Hashem wants you to do the mitzvah right now. If Hashem expected you to be Moshe Rabbein on such a high and fire coming out of your mouth and like that to do a mitzvah, Hashem would give you the means and capability to do so like that. The fact that he doesn't do like that means Hashem wants you to do the mitzvah when you're half dead and your stomach hurts and you can't think straight and everything. And not to say so, I might as well not do the mitzvah. I have to wait for the perfect time. It's like what Rabbeinu told of Nosen about Kiddush Levana. Don't be so strict to see them, the moon, you know, completely clean with no clouds. And according to Halacha, they're leaning their opinions and say, if you have a little clouds on it, say it, don't wait. Especially in countries where it's cold and it's always cloudy, don't try to be so machmir, okay? And uh, that he said that, as it is, if you have the mitzvah coming that it's a bit cloudy, don't wait a bit for it to be perfect, as it is. We're not briskers. <laughs> we're not now, oh, it has to be 100% or else we'll die and, and blow up or something like that. You have to do mitzvot as they come our way and do the besimcha or as best we can and be happy about it. Oh, I can't concentrate my davening, my davening was garbage today. Be happy. I was like Rabbeinu says when a, a, a ger, when he the joy he has when he finally gets to know how to say the Hebrew words, a ger. And here you are saying 20,000 words a day, 10,000 10, words. Baruch when you're saying tons of words. And this ger, he's so excited when he finally gets to even read the alphabet. They say a i u ba bi ba ru ata. Okay, he's flipping out. And you 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 gulp down the words. You have tons of words. You should be extremely happy. Rabbi, you have to be happy with what you have, of what you have and what you don't have. To be happy with what you have and to work on it. It's always with Nassim, I'm, looking, I'm, look, I'm learning now his autobiography, the memoir not. So in a few times he says, Chaval, it's a shame on what we lost out from Rabbi, if we would have lived longer, and if this, or he, so Rabbi says, if only this would happen, we would have gained more. But right after that he says, but thank God for everything that we did here, and all the Torah that we wrote down, thank God, that we got to hear this, we got to do that, we got to hear all these amazing things that bring life to Israel until Mashiach comes. Like, in other words, you shift. You have the, okay, this is missing, but, but look at the good. 
to go and to get to that to say to, to, to make the, the, the bridge not to just get stuck oh I didn't do this I didn't do that continue okay, okay I didn't do this but I got to do this I got to have that continue my friend okay, don't get stuck on the first half of the negative but get to the positive okay so now Torah Elokav that's why the mitzvah is called the Torah of Elokav the, the law of the Lord because you're always, normally the, the, the mitzvot which are the Torah Torah instructs you what to do the Torah teaches you what are the mitzvot is in a s- situation where you're out of it it's not normal that you're flying in light normal baltshuvas are people who are starting to taste the light of the tzaddik they have a big light in the beginning and then it's taken away okay and they want that light again I want that light I'll do anything for that light I'll even live a life of sheker just give me that light again give me that draw I want that high I want that spiritual high man I want that high that's wrong you have to be able to serve Hashem in the dirt, in the mud, in the light, and everything. You have to be able to be connected in all ways. So this is Torah Telokav. Belibo, you're doing it besimcha. Okay, as a result, he says, Lotim Ada Shurav. The person's feet do not stumble, don't falter. And we pointed out Ashurav. What a funny word for legs. Legs is Ashurav, and it's called Ashurav. Regal is a foot. Right? What is Ashurav? So the commentary is saying Ashurav here is rooted from the word Ashrenu. When a person is happy, then his legs don't falter. The legs of the mitzvah, that's what it's calling here. Look, he says, Shehi, because the mitzvah, it's not the legs, if it was Shehem. He is singular, feminine, it's going on the mitzvah. Torat Elokav, that's already feminine. Torat is feminine, right? So Shehi, the Torah of Elohim, which is the mitzvah, she goes to wake up, like he said earlier in this paragraph, the entire universe back to Hashem. When is that? When a person does the mitzvah b'simcha, the, the reisha, the first part of the pasuk. When does Torah Elokim b'ribo? So then the legs go to around the the lotim ad ashurav, the legs of the mitzvah ashurav, the legs of the mitzvah, which is singular, go holechet, they go to arouse the whole world. Okay. And it's uh, uh, when learning the Kutimuran, there's like millions of levels how to learn it. It doesn't end, it's so deep, it's so far reaching. This verse we said last week, the Gemara relates it to Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva is going to come up again in another verse coming up as one of the descendants of Sisera. It says that you, uh, Rabbi Akiva ben Yosef, his father was a convert. Descended from who? From Sisera. Sisera, the Arizal goes very deep into the secret behind the Gilgul of Sisera, who was the chief of the army of Yavin Melech Knaan. Yavin Melech Knaan, we're going to see coming up. And Sisera, they caused the Jews a lot of pressure and suffering in the time of Dvorah Nevia. Okay? And Dvorah Nevia succeeded in bringing down. And she even sang a song, and in the song, what did she say? That this, the, the stars from heaven came down to do war of Sisera. The stars came down and wiped out Sisera and his army. So the Arizal says these stars are connected to the stars in the dream of Yosef HaTzadik, Akiva ben Yosef. Yosef HaTzadik said that I saw my, my brothers, 11 stars, and the son, Yaakov, Mishtachavim Li bending down to me, okay? So now, Rabbi Akiva was one of the ten martyrs, okay? He was representing who? Who was he representing? 
One sec. How many brothers were there in total? Twelve brothers. Okay. Binyamin was out. Yosef is out. So that leaves how many? One second. So that's uh, that's already twelve, eleven, ten. And Rabbi Kiva was number ten, representing one of the ten brothers. I, have to, I just have to check now. I have to check this out. It seems he was connected to the Shechina. But who's the tribe that was represented to the Shechina? It looks like Reuven. Why? Because Reuven was not in the Eitzah to sell. Uh, he was out of it. So there was really nine. There were nine brothers. So it's not, not, not ten. There were nine involved in the selling. Reuven wasn't involved in the selling. Okay? It's nine, not ten. Because Yosef is twelve. Binyamin is eleven. Take that, that's ten. Reuven wasn't there either. So we have nine. So who was number ten? The Shechina. Because the, the, the nine, they said, right? Rashi brings us down. You know, we need an Ada who are going to take an oath. Then no one's going to reveal to Yaakov Avinu, okay? So who's number 10? They said they, they joined in the Shechina, number 10. So Rabbi Akiva represents the Shechina. He corresponds to the Shechina, which is why Darizal says, I'm going off a lot, I know. Darizal says that Rabbi Akiva, he suffered the most painful torture of the 10 martyrs. He had the worst torture. When they peeled his skin off, it was the worst, okay? In order to retribute it, so the stars had to come down to subdue Sisera, in order that eventually his offspring will convert, wow. and will come forth Rabbi Akiva, who will be the representation of the Shechina. That's why he was so high Rabbi Akiva, and then to take, to take a retribution and punishment from him and the ten martyrs, but with him especially being the, the most important of the ten martyrs, the most painful one is Rabbi Akiva, and it's called Ben Yosef, and it's not by chance his father is called Yosef, because it showed that he is like rectifying the blemish of Yosef at Sadiq. So the stars that bow down, they came, the same stars, as if to speak, came down to wipe out Sisera. And in order that should come forth, the convert who will give birth to Rabbi Akiva. There's a lot of depth here. Okay, we'll go into it when we get to the Pasuk. The whole story of Sisera is like... It's very deep. Mind-boggling. He says with Arizal, I forget the Gematria, um, Sisera. So you have their... How did he do it? I have to remember, it's a complicated gematria. Basically, it says the gematria of Sisera represents the highest level of Da'at. Yavin, Melech Knan. Yavin is Bina of the Klippa. Okay? Knan. What is Knan? Hachna'a. Submitted, submitted Da'at. Bina. In other words, Da'at which is submitted to the evil side. That's Yavin, Melech Knan. And Sisera, he says our result corresponds exactly to the same Klippa as Haman. Sisera and Haman were equivalent. And he says that our result is a hint in the song Latashar Dvora. There's a Rashi Tevot of Haman in the opening verse of the song of Dvora. I forgot the Pesukim. We'll get into it when we get the recitation. But it's in this Torah coming up as a pasuk. That's the pasuk Rabbeinu brings, which is connected to Dvora and Sisera, etc. So there we'll get into it. We'll bring in Rabbi Kiva. We'll get there. Recitation. I have a request. You should give the, see the measures of. Uh, Sister, I want the whole story over there. I mean, if it's, if it's needed to explain this, but that's a shame. Okay, let's go on. So, Torah Taluka Vilibo, Lotima da Shurav. Okay, Sheolechet Leover. So, this is the idea. Rabbi Kiva, by the way, stuck out because he was always Bisimcha. He said that also. That was the Chidush of Rabbi Kiva. He died laughing, he died smiling. And when, when Tortoise Rufus gave him the Psak to die, he was cracking up. He said, we tell you to die and you're cracking up. He says, yes, because I'm now doing the mitzvah to die in Kiddush Hashem B'Simcha. 
I'm happy doing it. So he waited his whole life. He waited his whole life to do this mitzvah, right? Okay? So this is the Rabbi Kiva, and he began where? Rabbi began as an Amaretz. He didn't begin like in Manasharim with the nice pants and the nice cheder. Rabbi Kiva didn't begin. He was 40 years Amaretz. He said, give me a Talmud Chacham and I'll bite him. Right? You remember that? He's in his first 40 years. Give me a Talmud Chacham and I'll bite him, he said. Okay? So this is Rabbi Akiva. Right, Rabbi Akiva, where he started from? And look what became of him. 24,000 students. Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yochai is one of his students. And eventually, 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 and he passed away out of Simcha. His whole Torah was a Torah of Simcha. That was the whole idea. Torah Telokav Belibo, who was able to do the Torah of Elohim. He started off with Dinim. He started off only learning Torah at age 40. Can you imagine someone starting to learn at age 40? You know how hard it is? You know the hard, how much he, eh, I'm never going to make it. These guys, they started at seven years old, and <coughs> eight years old, and I'm going to make it, and I'm never going to, a maximum I can, I'll become like, you know, a janitor or someone like for a yeshiva. So, <laughs> I'm not going to make it. That's the thoughts. And he overcame that. He overcame that. And only did he succeed, but he succeeded big time, being one of the biggest tzaddikim of all time, Rabbi Akiva, okay? Torah telokav bilibo lotu timada shurav. Sheolechet leover. Now, Rabbeinu brings a second pasuk. Halichot Eli Malki Bakodesh. Okay. This is a pasuk from chapter Psalm 68, praising Hashem. Halichot Eli, the, the walkings of my God in the sea. There, there Rashi says in the Red Sea, when Hashem walked through the Red Sea in order to make a passageway. Okay. Malkiba Kodesh of my king was in holiness. Okay? And there was a, I have to remember the shot of the Pasuk. It's been a while since I saw this Pasuk here. I should have prepared it that part. I'm sorry. It's only in holiness. In other words, whenever we saw Hashem walking before us to do miracles, it was for the sake of Kodesh, to bring us to the Beit HaMikdash, to bring us to Eretz Yisrael, etc. So Rabbeinu interprets it like this. Watch, he says like this. Kishemalin Malchut Kedusha. When you elevate the Malchut into holiness, that's hinted to in the words Malki Bakodesh. When Malchut, Hashem's kingship, the sphere of Malchut, is in holiness, okay? When I'm able to elevate Malchut into the holiness, so as a result, it does the beginning of the Pasuk. It dresses up and enclothes Halichot Eli. Halichot Eli refers to the legs, the Sfirot, which are the legs. Halichot is plural, that's Netzach and Hod. Keli is Yesod. So Halichot Eli, according to the Kabbalah, Keli, Kel is also a reference to Yesod. And Halichot, you walk the legs. In the Sfirot, Halichot is, is right and left, is, uh, is, is Netzach and Hod, okay? So Halichot Eli, when there's Halichot Eli, it's Netzach Hod Yesod. Sorry, when there's Malki Kodesh, then Halichot Eli. Lelech. They now go to wake up everything to Hashem. How is that hinted in this Pasuk? Again, Halichot Eli is Malki Bakodesh. Eli, Kel, is also a reference to the first Sphira. Even though here it's Keli. My Kel is when I master to bring down the light of the first Sphira. I have to explain this a little bit. Let's look at the chart. Hashem has about ten names, a few names. Each name of Hashem corresponds to a different sphera. In other words, a sphera represents a type of energy that Hashem is transmitting into the world. 
Why does Hashem also have different names? Why is there Yud Kevavke, Adni, Elohim, Svakot, Shakai? Why these different names? They come to show different powers of energy that Hashem is transmitting into the world. So automatically, each name of Hashem corresponds to a different sphere. Okay? So here in this, in the BRI edition here, in English, you see, you have holy names of Hashem and the association of the spherot. So look at Kel. Kel is Chesed. Okay? Yesod is really Shaddai. Okay? But they say this time, Keli. Keli means when I've taken the light of Chesed and brought it into me, that's, that's also Yesod. Yesod is called Shaddai. The name of Hashem is called Shaddai. But he also says, look, he says two names. Shaddai, Kel Chai. <laughs> Kel Chai, the living God, is, all, is hinted to in this Pasuk. Halichot Keli is referring to Keli is the Yesod. Kel Chai, the living God, is when it's also, it's, it's expressed in the Yesod. Meaning, when I succeed in now guarding the covenant, so I'm able to draw upon myself the name of Shaddai, but also, what is Shaddai carrying? This is the Kabbalah says, Shad Yesod carries the light of the above six spherot. Let's count. One, two, three, four, five, six. Up to Yesod, from Chesed, which is the, from like the lower part, the arms and the legs, Chesed, Gvura, Tiferet. Where's the chart? There's another chart here. Here we go. Chesed, Gvura, Chesed, Gvura, Tiferet. Netzachot Yesod. Okay? This section ends at Yesod. That means Yesod here is a combination of everything starting at Chesed. The first top, Chochmah bin Adar, are called the mentalities. They're called Chabad, they're way above. It's a mentality, just like a human body. The brain, the head is separate from the rest of the body. So too also spiritually in the Sfirot, Hashem's names of associated energies of Sfirot, they're in a different ballgame. Chochmah bin Adar in a different ballgame. These six over here are considered one unit, okay? Tiferet's in the middle. It's like, it's like branching and connecting, it's like the middle of a wheel. You see, it's like a wheel. And the middle of the spoke of the wheel is Tiferet, yes. But it culminates when coming to transmit. Where does everything transmit from? From Yesod. So Yesod carries everything from the beginning point, which was Chesed. In these six words, we start with, we don't start with Gvura, right? With Chesed, the right side, left side, middle. Left side, right side, middle. That's the pattern. One, two, three. Always starting from the right, which is Chesed, going to the left side, and then going back to balance in the middle. One extreme, the right extreme, left extreme, then the middle. Okay? One, two, three. Okay? The first starting point is Chesed. Chesed we saw here is called Kel. Where is the chart? Chesed is Kel. Okay? Kel, when it's finally being able to be revealed and to be transmitted to Malchut, it's also called Kel. Why, why does he say here, Yesod is also called Kel Chai? Because it's the final transmission. In the, the wording of the Zohar, Rabbeinu quotes the Zohar in Lesson 31, it says, Chesed mitgale bepuma de'ama. It's a funny term. Don't crack up. It's um, the, the chesed becomes revealed at the mouth of the genital organ, the reproductive organ, the puma da'ama. Okay? It's other words, that's the connection between the chesed and the brit is in this, this passage of the Zohar. Okay? So here, halichot keli, in this pasuk here, keli is keli. My kel. What is my kel? When a person masters this, the Yesod, the Shemirat Abrit, which is basically the Tzadikim, they can say Keli. The Rabbi Melech is saying here, Halichot Keli. 
the halichot, which is netzachot, which come to support and assist yesod, the legs, halichot, the left of netzach and hod, is helping keli. So I, I, manage, I, I can say keli. David Melch is saying, I can say keli because I've mastered the yesod and it's transmitting the light of chesed. Okay? So now it's, this, this, is, this is now able to wake up the entire world because we're working from chesed, the top sphera of, of, of what's revealed in this world, all the way down to yesod. This is why he says, And we pointed out at the beginning of this paragraph, he said, the wording was, The mitzvah can now awaken up all the worlds. What does he say here? At the end of this paragraph, He shifted Rabbeinu from Olamot to Dvarim. Good question, right? Why did he do that? Why did he shift from Olamot and then he goes to say Dvarim? Olamot is the beginning point. When you begin to do this process, you have to get the upper worlds activated. Once the upper worlds, Olamot, all the worlds, including the upper worlds, activated, then every tiny detail can get moving. If you want Putin to be good for the Jews, if you want now the Jews to be okay, you want the tiny details of the creation to start serving Hashem, so you've got to aim high. He says you have to first work to get the Olamot. When you have in mind to wake up your mitzvah, that it should wake up the whole world, you have to aim, it's going to wake up everything to the farthest extreme. And then to the nitty-gritty. And then to the small details. That's the idea of dvarim, all the tiny details. Okay. Stop here. That's where we went a lot. Bezat Hashem. Have a beautiful Shabbat Chodesh. Yeah. Please stop. Call to. Recording stop. Say what?